Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Y'all Let's Address. I'm your host, 1S Jess, and today I'm sitting down with my friend Jake, and we were talking about his journey through baseball, what it's been like transitioning out of baseball, and then we tell the story of the first time we met that involved a U-Haul. Okay, Jake, we're just going to jump right in with the story that holds our friendship together, and that would be the very first time that we met. Actually, let's back up. I want you to tell, so Carly and I talked a little bit about how we became roommates, that sort of thing, but I want you, so you had just been traded from the White Sox Mm -hmm. to the Dodgers, you're at big league camp, I want you to tell your story about how Matt asked you if you wanted to live with us (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean first of all when you get traded to a new organization you know you're always going to be nervous about who you're going to meet and and what it's going to be like Um, because I'd only been with the White Sox so those are the guys that I only knew and so I remember I got to spring training a little bit early guys were there working out you know before camp actually started and walked into the clubhouse you know didn't know anybody. I mean, I was like on a different planet almost, you know? And I remember I walked, I walked into the weight room, kind of introduced myself to a couple people, some of the strength coaches, you know, like Stoney and those guys. And, um, and I remember I got back into the clubhouse and there was one guy over in his locker sitting there. I don't know what he was doing. I can't remember it exactly, but, um, he came up to me and said, Hey, I'm Matt. Nice to meet you you know? So, um, that was the first time I ever met Matt. He was the first guy that I met with the Dodgers. Um, and we kind of, it was kind of weird because we would talk a little bit here and there at the field, but like, you know, we were still kind of trying to feel each other out. And, um, I remember he asked me if I wanted to go hiking with you guys one day. (laughs) And, and I'm glad that I said no, because I found out it was, you guys went to Flatiron. Oh, that time flat and iron is superstitious <laughs> mountains in uh, technically apache junction yeah. in arizona mm-hmm. y'all this is a 10 mile hike and matt thinks it's for fun <laughs> he thinks he thinks it's easy so yeah, yeah that would have not been a good first yeah. and i'm pretty sure he said that somebody got airlifted that yeah day well i, I didn't yeah i did well i didn't go that time he ended up going with um a pitcher and yeah, some lady had to be like yeah. airlift or not airlifted, but had to come get the helicopter. She just turned her ankle or yeah. something. But anyways, yeah, that I don't know if that would have been a good uh, friendship starter no, hike. No, but yeah. So, but yeah, we, I mean, we, we ended up, I mean, our lockers were fairly close that year. Um, Cause we both, Matt wasn't, I don't think Matt was on the 40 man yet that mm-hmm. year. Um, so we were kind of in the same region of the clubhouse and, and we kind of just, hung out and, and became friends and laughed at the same stuff and thought the same (laughs) stuff was funny. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where a a friendship kind of grew in a short amount of time. And then, um, then when we both were over in minor league camp, um, just looking for a place to stay. I mean, you know how it goes. It's like everybody kind of figures out where they're going finally, like a week before you break for camp. And it's kind of a madhouse to figure out who you're going to live with and 
there was Matt. Matt was right next to me in the clubhouse there and in the on the minor league side. So he just like, he just asked you. Yeah, he right? was like, yeah, we. He's like, you want to live with us? It would be me and my wife, and um, probably have a, like a three bedroom, and try to find one more, and um, ended up being Muncie. That was the other one that oh, was yeah. with us. Right so. before Max got called up and went on a tear, he yeah. lived he lived with us in OKC for yep. ten whole days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I mean, it wasn't like it was just kind of organically like it wasn't like uh and it, I, I wasn't like weirded out that Matt asked me yeah. you know like I felt like our friendship had already passed yeah, that level but, of but it's funny because I mean you know how Matt is mm-hmm. and a lot of people whenever they say to me oh Matt he doesn't talk a lot he's kind of shy <laughs> the next thing out of my mouth is oh then you don't know him right because once you know him mm-hmm. he a super talk doesn't shut up uh in the in the absolute best way so as good it's as you just, can say yeah that. but i i think i was telling carly that i will never forget looking at the text message that he sent and he said i think we should ask jake peter to be our third roommate because yeah we got a three-bedroom in okc mm-hmm. kyle garlic who we've also been friends with for forever yep. he was supposed to be in the third bedroom but got sent to double a so mm-hmm. that's why max muncie was in there for a little bit um and i'm pretty sure i said who is jake peter <laughs> and, and, he, I, hadn't and to- sh- he hadn't told you about me yet no well no but he had and he's well, so in there had a conversation he was like you know jake he was traded this was his first year and i was like oh is it the guy that's went off this spring trading <laughs> like sure if you think he's a good guy then if you think he'll be a good fit then sure let's go for it so i still had not met you mm-hmm. and so this is again 2018 for year reference matt Strange is oblique, I think with like two weeks left yeah. in camp. Yep. And I, working at Lululemon at the time, was being transferred from the outlet here yep. to the store in OKC. Yep, right. So I had already set up that transfer yeah. and had already gotten our place and done all of that. So I decided that I was going to go ahead and drive all of our stuff because again, <laughs> so this is the second season that I've traveled with Matt. And we decided because we did not have a house that we were living permanently, we were moving four times a year that we were just going to get some cheap furniture and we were just going to take it from place to place Mm -hmm. just because that was going to be cheaper. Didn't have to worry about furniture rental, that sort of thing. So here we are packed U-Haul. And I remember being at the Camelback spring training facility and we're, I'm saying bye to Matt because he has to stay here and I just instantly start bawling and he is like whoa what is happening and I'm like I can't drive this U-Haul 15 hours to OKC by myself and he was like Jessica like yes you can and I'm sure he was thinking dear lord because I I do it all I've mm-hmm. done everything I have driven so many hours yeah, by myself not a big deal yeah. but something about that connected U-Haul doing it by myself freaked me out oh I wouldn't want to do that either oh I was and I'm not kidding you the first two hours of that drive like I was whatever it is 10 and 2 both hands on Mm -hmm. the wheel looking in the back to make sure it's staying stable that first hour of that drive is straight uphill yes through northern where you go all the way up to Flagstaff yep and get on the interstate right after Flagstaff but that drive up there is like 
I mean, that would be a nightmare yeah. hauling a trailer. Yeah. So anyway, so just, I'm just letting, I'm telling this part of the story so everyone can get an idea of my mindset on this trip. <laughs> so I'm moving us into a place where I don't know either of the roommates that are moving in because I did not know Max. Mm-hmm. I did not know you. Um, so I get to OKC. I think you had gotten, you were using your three days in the hotel because you weren't sure if our place, right? Yeah. If, if our place was going to be. Yeah, I had a room in the hotel. Um yeah, because there was something where we didn't know if, if the place was going to be ready or available yeah. or something like that. So I just took my three days. Um, I think I only stayed there one night, though, before we moved in. Yeah, you, you were there yeah. the next day. Yeah. Um, so I remember getting there, pulling up to the apartment. So it's downtown Oklahoma City. And I don't know the best way to describe our apartment. So we were on the bottom floor. Mm-hmm. And you pull in and the, the garages were underneath the units that had garages were on that bottom level and it was super tight. It was like, if you looked out our front door, it was almost like a T kind of a skinny T parking straight out. And then just those more units with garages right when you walk out. So I pull in my Durango with this U-Haul and I see the situation and I am thinking, I, I'm going to have to carry all of this furniture from the road into this apartment. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. So Matt says, Oh, just call Jake. He'll come and help you. And I said, he texted me and said, I said, and and he texted you because (laughs) I said, I am not calling this man (laughs) who has no idea who I am, who just drove all the way from Arizona. He's trying to relax before the season starts. I am not asking him to come and help me move all this stuff. Like, Um, anyway, so he ended up calling you and you came, (laughs) what did he, what did he tell you was in store? Well, he said, Hey, um, Jess is at the apartment right now. And I think she might need some help pulling the U-Haul in. Oh, so he did. He warned you. He warned me. Yeah. That you were going to need some help pulling the U-Haul in. And and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll head over there now. I mean, the hotel was walking distance almost from the apartment and I got over there and there you were, guns a-blazing, trying to get that U-Haul packed in. And that, well, then the best part was is I tried to back it in. So I said to Jake, I said, can you please back this trailer? I said, yeah. if you can back this trailer to the door, then you can leave and go about your night. <laughs> I can do the rest of it. First of all, we had a couch. I, the couch is really the only thing that I 100% could not get out by yeah. myself. But... Couch, bed frame, mattress. So you, you, the look on your face, <laughs> you did not want to back up. Well, it was the U- first time I'd backed up yeah. a U-Haul trailer before. And I, it's, it's and like, I turn it left <laughs> and it goes right. I turn it right and it goes left. It's, it's opposite. It's opposite. opposite. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I remember I, I got in like I was confident, like I knew I was what I was doing, you know, and I started backing this thing up and I turned it to the left and the trailer just starts going to the right. Going to the and it's, going to the garage. Yeah, and it's it a is tight n- fit. Yes, I wish I could explain it better. How tight of a fit and that and right when you pull into the gate, mm-hmm. you have maybe a car's length before it hits that. Yeah. Back right into our front door. Yeah. There's not enough space. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was, but we got it done together collectively. It was a collective effort. Yeah, you because, kind of guided me in, and mm-hmm. I figured it out. But um, but yeah, that was. A great first. The great first impression <laughs> is what we can call it. And the then gr- not only that, then all I remember, you helped me unload yep. the heavy stuff, yep. the mattress, the couch. 
and then I was like oh I'll just undo the rest of it but then I remember just me talking your head off (laughs) for probably a good hour yeah and I we were standing in the living room literally just standing there yeah. there was there was no sitting on the couch we nope. had just moved into there was the no room. there was no couch to sit on was there no we had a couch in the was youth. it furnished yeah no remember oh that? yeah yeah, we yeah. Had that, oh yeah that, that brown leather. that brown yes. chair yeah yeah <laughs> that we yep. had that and that's all that we had because we did end up getting another couch yeah yeah because we, we rented we rented some stuff yes you're yeah. right but still we had we had a place to sit but yes. we still just chose to, to, to stand. stand in the like in the doorway I don't even know and I just I can't I don't even know actually I do know because Carly already said one of the things that I said to you the very first time that we met (laughs) what did I say something about I don't know I don't want to say it wrong (laughs) you're not going to say it wrong because I said what I said something about that you don't put up with guys going out getting with other girls when they have a girlfriend all that well, kind of stuff I asked you if you had a girlfriend first yes you asked me if yes. I had a girlfriend first and then you and just then I laid down the oh wall. man I mean like just pulled it right out and pointed it right between my eyes and said if you do this I will tell her basically and, and I, you said <laughs> why did I ever think this Matt Beatty guy was at a that good time person? I tried to take I tried to get my name off the lease and move to somewhere <laughs> else <laughs> 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 no no but you I I can't and then I remember the other thing I was going off about something about LeBron yeah you talked about LeBron I don't know I can't remember what it was but you went off about LeBron for a while <laughs> but the funny thing is is like I really wasn't like like weirded out at all like no. I was like I was just like oh this is Matt's wife like I I enjoyed getting to know Matt in spring training like I, it wasn't like a I wasn't like walking out of there like, what the hell did I get myself into? You know, like it wasn't like that at all. No, I know. I think it's just every time we rehash it and talk about it, I am just thinking, what was I doing? Yeah. Like I said (laughs) the most. You were nervous. You were nervous. That's what it was. Was I? (laughs) I don't even know what made that come out of my mouth. Uh, That's just the most forward, blunt please help me please listen to me talk yeah. about nothing first impression I don't even but and then my first impression of you of course like I was so grateful that you came help, and then listened to me talk about nothing <laughs> and then but then I always say and I think I just told you this the first time or recently that mm-hmm. you are the only baseball player friend that we have that the way you play the game (laughs) does not match how you are off the field yeah and i don't which i still don't get no but but it's because like you like you don't really have like an explanation for it like yeah well the only the only thing that i can like come up with again i'm just being very blunt uh here is the only thing i could come up with is on the baseball field you you kind of look a little douchey And, and off the field, you are not. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. You have told me that. But yeah, you have told me that. But I don't. But I, but I, it's. But not. it's like what? But like what do but I? Why? But what do I do? That's douchey on the field. I don't like, know. could you pick something like in like specifically, or was it just like just the, my mannerisms? Yeah. Or? And, well, that's the thing too. So I am 
very I'm weirdly good at mannerisms Mm -hmm. like I can see someone I just I just relate to baseball because I obviously watch a lot of it and I am really good like if we're far away from the bullpen and I'm sitting beside a pitcher's wife girlfriend and she can't tell if that's her guy I know whether it is or not solely based off the mannerisms and it's that's so weird to me so I don't know if your manner, your mannerisms on the field, like don't match that for me. Yeah. How I know you off the field, because that's yeah. the thing too. I obviously saw you play during spring training, but spring training is weird where right. you guys are coming into those big league games right. and you might've played one game and then Matt played the next day. Right. So I wasn't even at that game. So right. I can remember, I think I was at one, cause I do remember you hitting a home run and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> um, and then but other than that, I didn't know you on the baseball field. So yeah. I first knew you that first time and then us living together because also Matt wasn't at the apartment when yeah. the season first started. So it was just me and you and Max. And so, yeah, I don't know. And I wasn't going to the games, obviously. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on... Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little, but I don't know. I guess that's just how I was on the field. I don't think, I don't, it's, I don't, a, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I think but all everybody's got to have a little yeah. bit of that. In but them. also too, in all baseball players, and I say this to Matt all the time and he gets, he hates it. I say that all baseball players walk the same, act the same. Yeah. My favorite game to play at Lululemon during spring training is spot the baseball player, spot the baseball player. Yeah. And I am spot on. And everyone is like, how do you yeah. know that? I'm like, first there's of just, all, yeah, there's just it's a just, look. There's a, yeah. Like you said, there's a look, there's a walk, there's a, you know what I need apparel. to do? Yeah. I, I need to go and watch you coach now and see <laughs> if coach Jake's mannerisms. <laughs> I can say I'm way more relaxed as a coach than a well, player. Sure. Like just way more. Yeah. Okay, this is a good... Since that story just lasted 18 minutes. (laughs) Okay, so let's back it up and let's talk about your journey in baseball, Mm -hmm. which it's a lot. You obviously grew up playing. You played at Creighton. Yep. Got drafted in 14. Yeah. um, And then we're with the White Sox for how many years? 14 through 17. Okay, and then we're with the Dodgers. 18 through 20 is when I got released by them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about what that was like for you. Kind of when did you hone in on baseball? What mm-hmm. was it like growing up playing? Yeah. I mean, pretty much my, you said it like my whole life was dedicated to baseball. I mean, I, I played other sports in high school, uh, basketball, football, ran track, but, um, my, my first love and my, my favorite sport was 100% baseball. I mean, everything everything that I did in different seasons of football and basketball and all that stuff, it was kind of always geared around, um, baseball. So there were some seasons that I sat out of football, basketball, because there was opportunities for baseball, um, uh, during those seasons. So my life was always, always baseball. It was something that I, um, I always envisioned myself doing. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say like when I was in high school, I envisioned myself playing professionally or or getting as, far as I did mm-hmm. professionally um that probably happened more in college like my my sophomore junior year when I started to perform well at the division one level and you know you get scouts watching you and scouts talking to you and that's kind of when that's kind of when I realized like okay like maybe I could do this for a living you know so um so yeah but I was at Creighton from what was 11 11 through 14 drafted after my junior mm-hmm. year 
um, spent, spent my first pro season in Great Falls, Montana, which I loved. I loved yeah. being in Montana. I, it's, I tell Carly this all the time. Like that's where I want to retire someday because that would be awesome. Um, I was there for a couple months. Um, and I actually skipped, I skipped low A and I went straight to high A in 2014. So right after that initial rookie ball? Yes. So that was rookie ball in Great Falls. Do you remember that first call up call? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a funny story because we were had, we had a week long, we were gonna have a week long homestand. And my parents, let's see, we had a, we had an off day on Sunday. My parents got there that Sunday on that off day. And so I spent the day with them and all that kind of stuff. And then Monday we had a night game and I had a really good game. Um, so that was, and that was the first time they had seen me play professionally besides like watching it on TV, you know? Um, and I had a really good game that night. And after the game, you know, I talked to my parents after the game, they left to go back to the hotel and I went back up in the clubhouse and my manager called me into his office and, um, he said, Hey, you're getting called up. And I said, Oh, I'm going to Kannapolis, which is low A. And he goes, Nope, you're skipping Kannapolis. You're going to high A. And I was like, Holy crap. You know? And my initial thought was my parents, my parents, just, my parents just drove 16 <laughs> hours to Montana. Oh, they drove, they there. drove 16 hours to Montana. They took the whole week off of work to stay that whole week to watch that whole homestand. So it's welcome to baseball. Yeah. Life. So it's, it's 11 o'clock at night and they're back in the hotel, probably asleep. It sounded like when I called them and I called them, I said, Hey, uh, I need you guys to come back to the field and get me. Cause I got to run to where I was staying to pack up all my stuff. Cause I just got called up and they're like, I mean, like talk about a bittersweet moment, yeah. you know, like they were, I mean, obviously so happy that I got called up, but still they were like, well, we just drove. Where was high eight? Where was high eight? Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Oh, so they weren't making that. Uh, yeah. So obviously like they were like, so I think they ended up staying like for a couple days um, after I left because I left that next morning, yeah. Tuesday morning. and um, But they stayed for a couple days and I think kind of enjoyed the rest of their vacation and then drove home. So, um, but yeah, that was my first call up. So it was bittersweet because, you know, my parents were there and I got to, <laughs> you know, share the moment with them. It was great. But at the same time, I was like, dang, you guys just drove all this yeah. way. Um, but yeah, after that, so I was in Winston-Salem for that last month. Um, and then... I started, so that was 20, yeah, that was 2014. So then 2015, I was in Winston-Salem for the whole year. Um, and 2016, I started in AA. I was, here, I was there for half the year. And right after the All-Star break, I got called up to AAA in 2016. Mm-hmm. Spent the next however long, the rest of the season there. Um, and then 2017, got sent back to AA, um, half the season there, and then called back up to triple a charlotte yeah birmingham was double a charlotte was uh triple a for the white Sox, and then got traded after the after the 2017 season what was it like getting traded oh it was well it was kind of i i didn't know i mean the phone call came just so randomly i mean like I, i was literally sitting at my house in mason city not doing anything i mean it was like it was kind of getting close to spring training so I was like, and I noticed that it was a Chicago number. So I figured, you know, they're calling me to tell me I'm going to big league camp or, or, you know, telling mm-hmm. me spring training plans or whatever it is. And, and it was the, uh, player development, Chris Getz. And he said, Hey, uh, you know, we just traded you the Dodgers. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> 
okay like i mean you don't really know what to say yeah. like you, it's just kind of like a, a a weird phone call like you don't really know what to say to him and you know it, it was it was definitely different like i was kind of i wasn't in shock but it was kind of like okay like i was trying to plan on or try to think in my head of what it was going to be like going yeah. to a new organization yeah. you know like because some of my best friends i mean guys yeah. i'm still friends with to this right. day were guys that i came up uh with the white Sox, so it was like i i had known them really well and and then you know you get sent over to a new organization and you're like well am i gonna am i gonna find friends over here am i gonna yeah. be you know am i gonna fit in over here so um it was different but um but i was excited for it it wasn't yeah. like i was i was like oh crap why am i why now i'm going to the dodgers you know it wasn't like i was really excited for the opportunity and and i know obviously the dodgers is a great organization so yeah. it was what um okay so two things let's back up a little bit since mm -hmm. you spent the majority going through the minor league levels with yeah. the white Sox. what is the biggest difference level to level like the jump and then and then along with that what was the biggest jump did you think between which levels um i th so first question i think the biggest difference first off was uh, the cool stuff that you think about with pro ball is, is the higher you go, you know, the more yeah. service you get of, of people carrying your bags on un unpacking your bag and, you know, doing your laundry and the food gets better, yeah. and, you know? So that was definitely a big difference level to level. I mean, compared to what I was eating in great falls to Charlotte, North Carolina yeah. and triple a it's, I mean, night and day, you know? Um, I think definitely, I mean, 100% the, the talent level, that you see is just, I think the consistency is the biggest thing from level to level is like the higher you go every single night, you're going to see a really good pitcher. Yeah. Or, you're a position player. We uh, should have said that. Yeah. Position infielder. player. Yeah. Infielder, outfield, utility guy. Um, but every single night, like you're going to see a really, really good pitcher, the higher levels you go. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I remember one time in double a, we were playing Pensacola. It was a five game series and we had every single starter that they had was sitting 96 and 98 one through five 96 yeah. and 98 and it's like you're not going to see that in rookie ball I mean you can yeah. see maybe one or two of those guys but other guys are going to be more like you know 90 92 maybe not throw as many strikes but like that's kind of what I saw the biggest difference was is every single night you needed to be locked in because you were going to see arm after arm arm after arm, arm after yeah. arm yeah yeah I think um I remember Matt telling me the year after he was in double a one of the coaches had told him if you can hit in double a you can hit in the big leagues mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's like a universal if organizations say that this was obviously the Dodgers it was their hitting coach at the time who's now a big league hitting coach mm -hmm. um and I just would have never thought that yeah. is double a is usually where the most talent yes and all that's where the talent right is which is which is what i was going to say is is the biggest jump talent wise from level to level is i think that high a to double a to double a you yeah. know because like that's the thing like if you go if you look at a double a roster like majority of the team's top prospects or you know whatever you want to label them their younger top prospects mm -hmm. are in double a yeah and they're they're they throw really really hard they have really good off speed. Yeah. It's just they're there because they're either young or they're trying to figure out, 
how yeah. to be more consistent. And I feel like too in double A, they prospects like that stay in double A probably a little bit longer yeah. than any other level because yeah. once you hit triple A, that's kind of at any point you can be called up. It's right. filled with well, it used to be COVID has changed the landscape yeah. of the minor leagues a lot, but triple A for anyone was kind of you're on right on the cusp and yeah. not that results don't matter. And of course I we only have I don't Matt. I have the position player side because of Matt. And then obviously right. you have the position player side, but yeah, triple A is just, it's just different from mm -hmm. that competition standpoint yeah. of it. I don't want to say it doesn't mean as much cause that's a little bit, I don't think that's totally true. It's just a different, it's a little bit of that though. And a little bit different yeah. feel, I guess. Cause yeah. Matt says the same thing. Matt says that double A was by far yeah. where the most talent was and how yeah. that felt closest to the big leagues that he saw through right. any. Right. And a lot of, and a lot of triple A guys, like, you know, speaking from the position player side, like pitching wise, it's, you can run into a handful of guys who are a little bit older, you know, guys who have been up in the big leagues yeah. that are back down trying to get back up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they might not have as good a stuff as they did when they were 25 years old, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of the difference I think in AAA is, is you might not see the velocity and, and the exploding sliders and curveballs and all that kind of stuff, but you're going to see a lot of guys who just know how to pitch, Yeah, you know, like they're going to throw, they're going to throw a curveball in a three, two count where if you're in the lower levels, they're not, it's almost a guaranteed fastball every yeah. time, you know? So that's, that's the biggest difference from double a up to triple a is you're going to find guys who really just know how to pitch and hit spots and mix all their pitches in and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, but yeah, definitely double a that's for sure where most of the talent is in a lot of the organizations. Yeah. So what, okay. So then right along with that, what was the biggest difference that you saw from the White Sox to the Dodgers? Um, I would probably say, I think, first off, I, I, I would say the culture. Um, I thought the culture was just a little bit different from the White Sox to the Dodgers. Like, when I got traded to the Dodgers, like, it was known right away, the second I walked in the door, winning was the most important thing. Like, yeah. like no question asked. Like, do whatever you want to do outside the field wear whatever you want to wear, wear your jersey how you want to wear it. Like, as long as when you walk through these doors, you're here to work and you're here to win, that's really all we care about. I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing. And, and granted, like, being in the lower levels, like with the White Sox, like, I think there is a, a standard that needs to be held for some of the younger players that are being taught how to be a professional. You yeah. know, like, we had rules of wearing a college shirt to the field, had to be clean shaven, wear your jersey a certain way, that kind of stuff. And I think that's all good, like, with the younger players because yeah. there is a way to be a professional and, and how to conduct yourself when you're a part of a professional organization. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I thought the Dodgers were just really good at not not putting a player in a box. You know, yeah. they were they were very they were very welcoming to a player wanting to be a home run hitter, you know, or, or wanting to express themselves the way they wanted to express themselves on the field. Like, like I said, wearing what they want to wear. I mean, they were very much like you do you as long yeah. as, as long as you're here to win. Yeah. You and know? I, yeah. And I think right along with that too, is they, again, <laughs> I don't have experience. I just know from talking mm -hmm. with Matt and his biggest thing too, that he always says is that he learned through the minor leagues, really how mm -hmm. to have 
what his routine was going to be like and what his work was going to be like yeah. at the field. And that's yeah. what the Dodgers from all of their levels and then like through the big leagues and what you've experienced yeah. at big league camp, they really, really hone in on what work are you doing when you're here? Right. Um, okay, you're doing this. Okay, let's try this. You right. know, But it's solely, it is very super focused on your routine and your work when you're at the field and then whatever. And that, and that was kind of the thing that I noticed when I got traded over there. Super detail. Yeah. All of the details, everything. I mean, just like, I mean, like when I was with the white Sox, like we wouldn't like our, our pregame or our, our our pre-day prep work that we would do. Like there wasn't really any of that with the white Sox. Like you could come in and get a lift in, Mm -hmm. but like that everyday stuff of like doing plyo balls and and a certain type of you know resistant band warm-up and and all that kind of stuff rolling out and stretching and all that prep work that you do before you even go out on the field like I noticed really fast with the Dodgers that that was something that was super important that was part of everybody's routine like it it, I'd get to the field and I would just be sitting in my locker and I would look around and like nobody was in there and I'd walk into the weight room and there's everybody doing their prep work but yeah. even before going out to the field. So I was like, okay, like I need to come up with some type of routine of, or what works for me yeah. in order to, because obviously that's a very important thing here of, of being able to maintain your body. And I mean, it shows through all across their levels of how well guys play throughout an entirety of a season. So, right. Yeah. And I think too, I think why the Dodgers too have had so many guys come up, like especially Matt. So 2019 Mm -hmm. when Matt debuted and even now, which of course that has a lot to do with the player development side of it. But I think those routines are already in place. So then once you are in the big leagues, a lot of those guys kind of – not funnel right in, but they already have the groundwork and whatever. Their routine is staying the same, whether they're in the big leagues or not, because they're – very detailed on how we're going to go about our business when we're at the field for sure. Okay. So now you have transitioned out of baseball. So Mm -hmm. 2020 COVID you were released, which there's a lot of things that I want to address with you (laughs) in uh, your baseball and your entire situation and all of that. Um, But I just want to say too, that, bad luck for anyone listening that just think (laughs) that you're going to go play pro ball. And if you're good enough, you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. So much of it has to be timing and a little bit of luck. Um, you just happen to be one of the guys that got released during COVID because teams didn't know what the heck was going to happen. You were going to be a free agent at the end of that year. Um, and so since then you have transitioned out of baseball. Mm-hmm. What has been the hardest part? Honestly, there really hasn't been a hard part. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was, I think there hasn't been a hard part because I was, I was satisfied with my decision to stop playing. Like yeah. there was, I just, I always like told myself when I was playing pro ball is that, um, if I wasn't going to be a hundred percent invested into it, and that means like during the season and the off season, if I wasn't going to be a hundred percent invested in it, then, then that was the time that I was going to step away. And I remember after the, after I got released in 2020, you know, I took a couple months off, um, and then kind of tried to get back into my off season workout. And I remember going to hit one day and I was just like, 
I don't want to be here. I, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to hit right now. Like I would rather be at home with Carly or, or going to do some, something else fun. You know, like we live here in Arizona, there's so much other yeah. cool stuff to do than being a cage and hit. So that was kind of like the telling sign for me is like, okay, this is probably time for me to move on and, and move on to the next chapter of my life. So I don't think th- there really wasn't a hard transition. I mean, I guess maybe you could just say like you get to the time of spring training and you're so, I was so used to this is a time where you kind of, you know, see all your buddies and and get back onto the field and all the clubhouse stuff and all that. I would say that's probably the one thing that I miss the most is just is seeing all the guys and and having that relationship with them. Um, But obviously the guys I was close with playing, I'm still close with them now. So it's not like it's that big of a difference. So I, I wouldn't really say there was, a super hard transition just because I was really confident in, in my decision on what I wanted to do. So yeah, that's good. I don't know if yeah. we've ever actually talked yeah, about that, like yeah. with how, um, but again, and you should be yeah. proud of mm-hmm. everything you accomplished yeah. in your career. I think yep. that is such, I don't think stigma is the right word, but there's this cloud put over minor league baseball. That yeah. is one of the dumbest things ever. Uh, it doesn't matter. You're drafted. You're playing in the minor leagues. Yeah. You're a professional baseball player. Yeah. You are the per- small percentage of players that one get drafted, mm-hmm. two make it to rookie ball, yep. and then whatever the percentages of guys that even make it to AAA. Right. I just I cannot stand when people say that. Oh, he's just in the minor leagues, or oh, right. he's in the minor leagues, or oh, you only made it to AAA. Right. No, like you right. don't even know what that takes. How right. how difficult it is to get there. Right. And, um, so anyways, I just wanted to get that out and I'm glad that you were at peace with that. Again, I still think you could have been a big leaguer if you just didn't have (laughs) some bad luck on, um, your side in the, yeah, maybe in the next, it was just, yeah. Perfect storm of COVID and yeah, just, there's a lot of guys like you Mm -hmm. that, had already been in the system for a while that they had to, and not just the Dodgers organization, every organization across baseball had to release during that COVID year. And now they've taken away rookie ball, technically some some level, yeah, some some levels, levels, rookie ball, some level low a, so they've had to, to release guys that, Mm-hmm. didn't necessarily do anything wrong right. or were bad right. or deserved it. It's just, that's what the business side brought, yeah. especially during COVID. So, yep. but yeah, you should 100% be proud of oh, your yeah. career and Absolutely. be able to say I, I played am. professional baseball for yeah. not everybody however. gets to say that. No, so it's, even, even you playing at Creighton, like yeah, I mean, no one D1 gets, baseball is, is yeah. not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. So it's like, even if that was, my last time playing baseball at D1, I would still be proud of that. My family would be proud of that. Like, you know, that's getting to play professional baseball is not something that happens to everybody. So yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So now you have transitioned in to coaching. Mm -hmm. You're also finishing your degree. You're almost done, right? Almost done. How much longer do you have left? Three weeks. Oh, that's so close. Three weeks. I know. Yeah. Three what weeks. Were, well, I know. What will your, your degree be in? Again? Uh, it'll be in, it's a bachelor of science, um, leadership studies. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. Broad. Yeah. Very broad. I mean, it was only, it was one of the only ones that was offered, um, as an online degree at Creighton. Um, 
So, cause I was marketing originally yeah. when I was at Creighton and they were like, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to come back to Omaha and actually go to, in class. And I'm like, why didn't you do that? I'm like, I live in Phoenix. Like I'm not going to do that, you know? So I, so I did leadership, you know, obviously I thought leadership applies to coaching. So it'd be something yeah. good to kind of learn. And, and that's coaching is what I wanted to get into. So I figured, you know, what the heck might yeah. as well go for it. So, so talk about what you do now coaching and how you got into that. Yeah. So right now I'm director of scouting for, um, Canes, Arizona, which is a club organization and, uh, it's out of Scottsdale. Um, and for those that don't know what club baseball is, it's basically travel baseball for kids from ages. I mean, we have kids from nine U all the way up to 18 U, um, that basically it's, they play outside of their high school or outside of their school ball. So, you know, they play in the summer, they play in the fall, um, youth guys play in the spring. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a full blown yeah. year long commitment. I mean, it's a really big deal, um, for parents to commit their kids to play in these, in these organizations. Cause I mean, we're playing two tournaments a month. We practice every single night. I mean, it, it's a, it's all year long. Mm-hmm. So it's a really big thing. Um, but I got hooked up with, with, uh, Canes, Arizona just through, um, well, first of all, I, I, when I stopped playing, I reached out to Mark Curtanian with the Dodgers and just said, you know, Hey, is there any way like I could get in coaching with the Dodgers? Is there any way, you know, if you know anybody in pro ball that, you know, could possibly get my foot in the door. And, and he said, well, you know, it's kind of late in the process of, of getting coaches. So, but let me see what I can find for you around Arizona for the time being. So he asked around to some other coaches and it just so happened that, um, one of the Dodger coaches knew a dad whose kid was working out at his facility. Yeah. And this Dodger coach asked the dad, like, Hey, your kid plays for Canes, Arizona. Are they looking for coaches? And so then this dad asked our state director, Brett, um, if they need any coaches. And then next thing I knew, I got a phone call from him and went out to meet him. And, and I've been there for, that was in 2021. So I've over a year, year and a half now that I've been doing it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it just comes back to how small the baseball world is, you know, like everybody knows everybody in baseball. And, um, so that was, it was real, I was really fortunate to, you know, have the, have the Dodger coaches help me out in that way of, of just kind of kickstarting my coaching yeah. life. So when you were still playing and even coming up through the minor leagues, mm-hmm. did you ever think about how important making connections like that would be? <laughs> I wouldn't say I like specifically thought about that, but now like looking back at it, it's like, man, like I'm, I'm glad that I was respectful and, and, yeah. and tried to treat everybody the same and, and, was open with coaches and, and, and made really good relationships with a lot of my coaches and that kind of stuff, because you never know when, when you're going to ask somebody to help you out. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like you get into a different part of your life and, and, you know, where baseball had been playing baseball had just been such a huge thing where I'd done my entire life. And now I'm on the other side of it and it really helps to, it's all about who, you know, I mean, it really does help to have those people in your corner that can, take it to higher ups or, or the people yeah. in charge and be like, Hey, let's, let's maybe give this guy an opportunity coaching, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's huge. I mean, it's especially in baseball, because like I said, it's, it's such a small, it's such a small world that everybody knows everybody in baseball. So any type of like, like, I mean, if you think about it, if I was a, 
if I was an asshole to people coming yeah. up through the minor they leagues and stuff. Like, oh, and I, I and I reached out to Mark Curtanian and if I was not a nice guy to him and I reached out to him and be like, Hey, can you help me get a job? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't respond to me, yeah. you know, like, so it's, it does make a really big difference when you get on the other side of, and trying to get your foot in the door of what's another next? career. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? And I think too, I think in general, that is super important because there are so many other things when you're playing that you're connected to mm-hmm. that you never know what you will be interested in once you're done right Um, right so yeah that's why when matt was traded to the padres and how you said you didn't know anyone matt Mm -hmm. didn't know anyone in that organization either and that's uncommon usually you know someone right in another organization at some way but yeah in general baseball is a super small Mm -hmm. world with you just never know when it's going to come yeah. full circle. And also too, you know, this you're starting out now with Canes, but yeah. you never know what can be down the line. You never know. With those same people right. that you worked with, with the Dodgers, with right. the White Sox. So right. I mean, it's, it's funny too. Like, I mean, even meeting like the parents in Canes, like where they're, you know, I've talked, had numerous conversations with them about just like building our new house out in yeah. Eastmark. Like they're like, Oh, if you need a, pool guy if you need a gutter guy I mean like just the amount of connections that you make or or get from somebody just by being respectful and and a good person to them like they're gonna help you out you know so it's it's definitely will play on anybody's side if you're just a nice person you know to whoever you meet really so yeah yeah for sure okay what is should we start with your best or worst minor league story (laughs) um well, I know for sure one of the worst minor league stories. Yeah. I know that one for sure. It's not, I mean, it's, it's ba- just, it just kind of, it just like highlights like what minor league, minor league baseball okay. is all about, I you know, wait. like I it's, wait. so I, it was when I was in Oklahoma city, we were in Oklahoma city. I don't know. I don't think Matt was there. I think Matt might've been 18 or 19. I think it was 19. Oh, I think man. Matt, I think Matt was gone. Okay. I don't think he was there for this. Um, we, had a night game, got done, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. We were going to New Orleans the next day. Um, and so I got back to the field. Well, first of all, when I got back to the apartment, this was the <laughs> this was the time that I told you about where all the lights were off. Yes. All the, the, and, all the power in the apartment building. And our building was um, inside. So yeah. like all of the doors were in its own hallway. Right. You had to have um, fobs yep. to get from the parking garage into the elevator, right. the elevator to your floor. Yep. So I all the power because there was a huge storm that was coming through like mm-hmm. right after the game. So all the power was out. I mean, it was not a light was on in this apartment building. So I couldn't go up the elevator. I couldn't. I luckily someone propped the door open yeah. so I could go up the stairwell and get to our floor. Well, that just so happened to just be pitch black. And we were on like the third or f- third floor. I, I think, think we were higher than that. Fourth floor, maybe. Maybe the remember. fourth or fifth. Yeah. But I mean, pitch black. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, so I get to the apartment. I basically run down this hallway because I'm freaking out because it's just pitch black. Get to the apartment. I'm the only one staying there. I, I think I was the only one oh, there. Oh, really? At that time. Kyle wasn't even there either. No, I think Kyle, I think Kyle was up too. Oh. 
And so, so keep in mind, like air conditioning doesn't work. Fans don't work like nothing. So it's hot in the apartment. I mean, it's the middle of summer in Oklahoma. You're sleeping on an air mattress, sleeping on an air mattress, (laughs) like TV doesn't work. Like it's just all horrible. Right. Well, it continued to storm all throughout the next that night. So we had, we had like a 4am bus to the airport that next morning. And so I wake up, you know, about 3.15, get my stuff packed, shower, kind of get ready, downpouring outside. I mean, just absolutely downpour. And we get to the field, we pull into the to players the lot. player's lot, and we're all just, everybody's there, but we're all just sitting in our car waiting for mm-hmm. the bus to pull up. So we see the bus pull up, and we're like, okay, we got to grab our stuff quick throw it under the bus and get on there because it is i mean like when i say like pouring pouring like can't see can't see in front i mean it was downpour and so the bus pulls up and everybody runs out of their cars with their bags and the bus the bus driver i don't know if he didn't see us or what was that but he didn't the sides weren't unlocked he wasn't opening the door we are getting absolutely drenched with rain i mean there was like a a, a river of water running down the sidewalk was he on the bus he at was all? on the bus yes i don't know if he didn't see us or what what was happening like but eventually he opened up the door everybody is soaked i mean just drenched like we got to the airport and we had to change our clothes like because we were just soaking wet i mean guys oh, were going in the bathroom man. changing their pants shoes shirts all that stuff but that's not the end of it. Oh, no. So we're at the airport because it's storming. All of our flights get delayed. Oh, shit. So all everybody's flight was delayed. So now it just creates a complete cluster of. Was this an off day or? No, we were playing that oh. night. We were playing that night in New Orleans. So com- created a complete cluster. Like So now we had to figure out who the guys that were starting that night and the starting pitcher. Because those. They needed to get those, on whatever flight those nine guys had to be on the first flight. So there was, it was me and whoever else was starting that night. We were on the first flight. We got into new Orleans game was at seven. We got into new Orleans at, I think probably like five, five fifteen. straight to the field changed, started the game at seven with nine guys. Nobody else oh. was there. Nobody else was there. No relievers, no other position players. It was us and and Let's Travis travel. and Travis. <laughs> that was that was pretty much it. Like that was who was in our dugout. And then probably I would say probably like seven thirty, seven forty five is when everyone else everyone going. else showed up. But it was like and I mean like when you do a trip like that, you normally get in, you know, at like ten o'clock in the morning. You're yeah, able because you're taking the earliest. That's right. why you the bus was at four a.m. Right, you're taking the earliest. So you flight. can get in, you can take a little nap, you can get to the field at you know around three o'clock, and you know kind of do what you need to do. But that was like, like the epitome of show and go. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, that was like, that was by, by far one of my worst experiences of so, traveling. So and, you, so you didn't go for, for four for four that night? God no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what I was, but I was not, I was not locked into that game. That was, that was a tough one. Well, to get probably. Through. Yeah. Well, you probably didn't sleep at all Mm-mm. because that's, a, that's a part of the story that can probably be forgotten that there was no AC or nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I, I think you have told that story about the flight, but I didn't realize 
that the pitch black yes and the bus driver not letting nightmare on it's a nightmare i just i'm trying to think from a fan's perspective going to that game and just seeing travis barberry the only yes dugout empty dugout empty only trav just like standing in the dugout everyone being like what the heck yeah it was bad that is that's it was so bad i'm that's why it's good now that they've started I think this is a 2021 or yeah, 2021 thing, at least in AAA, they always have an off yeah. day when they're traveling. Yeah. So every they, Monday. Yep. Yeah. So every Monday is an off day and they travel. So yep. there's, there's no, there's, there's not going to be that. any uh. accidental show and goes. So nope. a show and go is where if you have a late game the night before and, or it's the middle of the summer mm-hmm. and you're at that point, or if it's, you've had a series of terrible schedule yeah. it's called a show and go you basically get to the field an and hour and a half two hours before <laughs> and play yeah and play the game That's, it's usually a planned thing and yeah. you're usually pretty happy about it yeah. in this case it was not a fun yep. show and go yeah all right so what's the best best story? Uh, best story um i think it's it's hard to come up with like a best story just because like every year is filled with like so many fun things yeah. i mean like every team i had been on it was just there was just something every year that you're like oh like remember this happened remember that happened like i mean every level i've been with every team i had been with mm-hmm. like i mean from going out after the games to yeah clubhouse stuff to to traveling like long bus trips like i mean there's just it's so hard to like pick out just one thing that would be considered like the best minor league story because I mean, the best, the good stuff definitely outweighed the bad stuff. Like, right. The, I feel like all of the bad things in the minor leagues is it's because it's the minor leagues right. and teams, even though I'm going to put this out there, they can spend the money yes. for crap to not happen, Yes, but they choose not to. Right. But that's why a lot of like the super long bus trips, mm-hmm. overnight bus trips in double a, all of those, it's yeah. very circumstantial of, yeah. you know, you're having to live with so many guys to afford rent right. and that, and that's all of the, not even bad, but the, um, <laughs> rainy, no pun intended yeah. side of baseball in the yeah. minor leagues. But I would agree all of those things, like having roommates and piling, that's just, part of it yeah. and I can't I can't imagine even Matt and I have obviously lived on our own now for mm-hmm. whatever two or three years and I cannot imagine going through the minor leagues and being like I don't want a roommate we yeah. can't we don't need that roommates. was when it was that was the most fun <laughs> yeah like, that would like like especially like when it was like like me Matt Kyle um McKinstry was with us yeah. a little bit uh-huh. like um I think no, I don't think Drew Jackson lived with us. He might have been there like for a little bit. Yeah, when, but when we always like, but, like I feel like guys always came over yeah, to like, that, like our place like, and we're just like messing around. Like, that's and, more fun than being at the field and playing the game. Like that kind of stuff outside of the field. Like just getting back from <laughs> getting back from a horrible game that you just played and and turning on the TV and watching the office with I, Kyle for I thought you were gonna say and ordering dominoes. And ordering dominoes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's like Matt Matt and Jake had their uh dominoes order down to a science. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you had it on the the app and you just whenever y'all wanted dominoes, you just bing. Well, you know, in twenty eighteen in that apartment, 
uh-huh. the Domino's was so close. It would it literally, it would be close. there within seven minutes. Yeah. You would order it You're and right. it was, it was I there in a flash. So that's where we really honed in our Domino skills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one last thing. Well, mm-hmm. before I get to the questions that Matt, Matt thinks provided. that he yeah, <laughs> gets to ask, um, one of my favorite stories outside of the one when we first met and obviously mm-hmm. everything in between was so Granger. Again, we've talked about her. <laughs> Everyone knows and loves her. Not really, but her one little quirk, quirky thing is she just does not trust people. Whatever happened to homegirl before we got her, yeah. she's just not about it. Anyways, it takes her a really, really long time to warm up. And I know she's not ever going to come out of it th- at this point because we have drug her everywhere in her lifetime. We have lived with multiple people. Mm-hmm. I used to take her to the games and she still is just not having it. So one of my other favorite stories of you is whenever Matt made his debut uh-huh. and you, uh, Kyle, I think sends me a picture and you are laying under the bed with Granger <laughs> and you have your phone propped up <laughs> watching yep. MLB TV or yep. whatever it is. And Matt's debut. Yep, you're like, Kyle's like, Granger is watching her father's <laughs> debut. And I was like, stop. That is the sweetest thing because yeah. you you are one of the four people, and when I say four, I mean Matt and I, Carly, and you, yeah. that Granger fully trusts to where she sees you and she gets excited, yeah. but you worked hard for that. Oh my gosh. The amount of time that I put into that, the amount of time, number one, the amount of time I've crawled under your guys' bed. Yeah, you're one of the only ones, like that's what she needs at first, yeah. is she needs you on her level, and yeah. especially when we're in apartments, she loved to be under yep. our bed, Yep. and- but yeah, like laying down on the floor to get her to come to me, holding treats in my hand or throwing it out a little bit farther to get her to come just a little bit closer to me. I mean, it was a solid two, two years. No. Yeah. I mean, it was probably that at the end of 2019, Yeah, like of that. into I mean, we were in an best thing too. We were in, we were always in and out that mm-hmm. like 2018 when Matt was hurt, 2019, yep. he was up and down. Um, but we left Granger with you and yeah. Kyle a couple of times because we didn't, they didn't have much right. of a choice. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, it, and it, I'm not, it, yeah, it took her, it took her a couple of years before two solid yeah. years. And now like, she's finally at a place where, yeah, where she comes up to me mm-hmm. if I come over to your guys' house or even when I got home today, she, uh, she realized it was me and mm-hmm. came right up to me. Yeah. So that's, that's a big feat. <sighs> That might be the I've most worked Im- really hard yeah, for that. That most have been that might be the most impressive thing that you've ever done. <laughs> that I've is ever get, accomplished yep, ever. Is to get G to like you. <laughs> my next my next one to get to like me is Turtle. So Ooh. I don't think we're gonna get there. Yeah. Turtle is their second that y'all yeah. foster the foster fail that yeah, me and Carly talked about that yes. me and Carly talked about last yep. week. Um yeah, good luck good luck with that. Yeah. Okay, so two questions for Matt. I'll ask the co-host, the co, <laughs> the co-host that doesn't want to call himself a co-host, but again, he sends me questions to ask. Okay, he. I wouldn't have done this if there weren't questions. If there weren't questions, got it, yeah. got it, noted. <laughs> Is it cool watching the men's college world series every year when that's your home stadium? <laughs> yeah, but it also made me a little depressed because. Well, that, and also you would see how full the stadium can get and how, and how truly it empty, empty it was when we were playing Stop. seriously. Like, I mean, no, we, I mean, we would have, but like, that's a, that's a big, that's a big oh, it's, college. It's stadium. massive. Like we were, I think one of my years at Creighton, we were in the top 10 of 
home attendance with like average of like 3,000 people, yeah. right? But it looked like nobody was there. Nobody. I mean, it was, you know, you'd hit the ball and it would echo and all that. Yeah. Like it was so that, I mean, it's definitely cool because it's like our, our, the clubhouse in there was when we're there for the season in the spring, it's all decked out in crate and stuff and yeah. has all of our trophies and gold gloves that guys have won in the past and everything. Like it's legitimately like our home, you know? Um, so yeah, it's cool to see that of, but like I said, it's a little depressing to see how filled that stadium even, can actually be. Think, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Most memorable golf shot. And <laughs> I have, I think I know if you don't answer this the proper way, Matt's going to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, if I think I know which one he was thinking of, it had to be in Cabo at mine and Carly's wedding mm-hmm. when it was me, Matt, Nikki and Trey that golfed at the resort there. The really nice golf course. The really nice, the Jack Nicholas, whatever golf course, I don't know, whatever it was called. And Quivero. Quivero. Yeah. Something like that. And it was a par three. And I hit, I think it was an eight iron I hit. And it was going left, but there was a huge hill up the left (laughs) of the hole. And it hit off the hill and it disappeared on the hill. And we're like, oh, okay. Like it's sitting there on the hill. So we kind of like turned around and then I think Matt like grabbed me and he was like, hold on, wait. And we see the ball rolling down the hill onto the green all the way, slowly approaching the hole. And it got. What? I mean, it got within six inches i don't remember i don't remember this story yeah. from when y'all were done playing. it got it got within six inches of the hole so i mean it was so that's where you need to hit it there. yeah so that was Torch. like and then and then what made it even funnier was we get up to the green and i see how close it is and some of the guys hit their ball there was like a cliff on the right side and some of their guys hit their ball there but they could see it so they were like climbing down that hill to try and get their ball so it was Nikki and Trey going down the hill trying to get their ball. And Matt was standing, like, looking over the ledge trying mm-hmm. to help him. And I go up to my ball that's six inches from the hole. Like, all right, I'm just going to tap this in, you know. <laughs> and I hit it. And it rolls past the hole. And I look up. And there's Matt looking right at me. And I just look at him. I go, you did not see that. Yeah, and I picked up the ball. I go, that was a birdie. <laughs> I so, love that. Yeah. That, that is us playing golf in a nutshell. Yeah. Like every time I do something or hit a remotely good shot, or if I think I'm within a good distance, I'm around the green, mm-hmm. I'm on the green, it's going to take me a solid four more shots to actually get it in the hole. Yeah. 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 I think... Uh, so that's a good one. I think Matt was wanting you to talk about when you nailed our golf cart. <laughs> I don't even know if you can count that as a golf shot, though. <laughs> like that's that's the attempt. thing. It was an it was an <laughs> attempt. It was it was a uh, thank goodness the starter the starter wasn't standing there because he probably would have been rushed to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly surprised I didn't put a hole in your guys's golf cart it didn't even hit the outside of the golf cart it nailed it nailed like right by the gas gas and brake yeah yeah and it was that's impressive yeah i don't even know it was it was a very dark time for my golf game at that well that's me and carly and i were talking about this about how when you pick up on things which i'm sure you've played golf Mm -hmm. for a while but 
when you pick up on sports like that and then you go through periods where you don't play them and yeah. then you go back to square one, yeah. too competitive yeah. to to be okay with that. Right. right. So that's why I think I haven't picked up some of the other things because then I know when we're gone during the season, I won't be able right. to do them and I will not go back to yeah. square one. Yeah. That's, I mean, golf is like, like I love playing golf. I love playing with Matt. Like it's, it's so much fun when we're out there, but it's like, it's such a frustrating sport. So, like, yeah. like if it, you're right, like if you don't play for a long time or if you, even if you take a couple of weeks off, like it's going to be like you're where bad. you think you had it figured out those two weeks before. <laughs> and then you show up again, you're like, Oh, I had it figured out a couple of weeks ago. And now you like don't. can't even hit the ball. Yeah. Like it's, it's so frustrating, but yeah. 18, yeah. 18 holes, too many holes. That's my hot take. <laughs> I wish there were more. (laughs) What do you mean, Matt? Y'all are already out there for five hours. That's true. So. But that's because we squeak in another nine after we get done with 18. Oh, got it, got it. And we just don't tell you guys. So we need to revoke our membership is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Jake, thank you for coming on. Of course. Talking. Anything else you want to address or talk about? I think we we covered it all. Was my outline pretty? It was good. It was put together. It was good. I was trying to keep looking at it. To see what I was going to. Yeah. But no, it was good. I think we covered all the good stuff. Yeah, so I think so too. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, thank you again for listening. And if you will subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're getting your podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.